You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com. And, of course, I will answer as many questions as I can. Kindness. If people think about it, we talk about Abraham, really we talk about all the forefathers and the and the the, mat- the patriarchs, the matriarchs, kindness was central to their lives. Central. And that's really happening in this week's story portion. First of all, last week we had all kinds of stories about Abraham. This week we're going to have Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, looking for a wife for Isaac. Again, kindness. That was the, the, the deal breaker was kindness. If the girl is kind, she can marry Abraham. Um, Isaac, if she can't, if she's not kind, she can't join Abraham's family. Now, it seems a little strange because Abraham is busy telling the world there's only one God, you can't do idol worship. And when Eliezer goes to look for a wife for his son Isaac, for Abraham's son Isaac, um, he doesn't say, God, make sure the girl doesn't do idol worship. And when Abraham is giving instructions, by the way, Teliezer, no mention of idol worship. How come if idol worship, if that was what Abraham preached, no idol worship, no idols, um, why wasn't that part of the package deal? You know, you want to find a girl, very good, make sure she doesn't serve idols. Why was he not worried about that? So it's fascinating. And as when it comes to idol worship, so that Abraham said, I could teach anybody not to serve idols. But kindness, kindness, yes, you could teach someone to be kind, but the kindness that Abraham's family needs has to be a little bit inbred. It has to be part of their nature. Now, what's part of their nature? Now we can bring it up even more. And we benefit from that. The fact that all well, the patriarchs and matriarchs were that kindness was part of who they were, we automatically, in our DNA, it is overflowing with this concept of kindness. And we're going to talk about this kindness. But first, of course, we have to remind everyone, all my dedicated listeners, I know you guys love the show, and I am asking for your help. We need the show to spread. We need people to know about the show. We need to pay for everything in the studio. So if I could ask you to please go to my homepage, hit that donate button, leave your name, I'll give you a shout-out, you want a memory of, a happy birthday, anniversary, whatever you wish. Write it down. And in a future show, we will mention you. And in advance, of course, I thank you. So what happens? So Abraham tells Eliezer, it is time to get a wife for Isaac. Now, Eliezer himself had a daughter. And Abraham said, our families are not a good mix. You need to go. In those days, it seemed it was very, very common that you married within the family. Cousins, aunts, uncles, very lot of what you would call a, almost intermarriage, 
But in those days, it was very, very common. You wanted to marry family. That's what you wanted. So Abraham tells Eliezer, you got to go back to my family. Abraham lives in Israel. Um, they're going to go, he's sending Eliezer to Haran. That's somewhere like between Iraq and Iran, somewhere in that area. So you're going to go get the girl. And don't worry, God will send his angel before you to help you out. And uh, you have to promise me that you're going to go to my family. No girls from my neighborhood. We live in Canaan. Canaan really is is a descendant from the third son of Noah. That's Ches. I'm sorry, it's Cham. Not Ches, it's Cham. And uh, I want... I want from Ivri, from Aver. Really, he wants from his own family, really from Terach. So you, he makes him promise. He gives Eliezer 10 camels to take tons of stuff to show. See, there's a little bit of a problem. See, Isaac was brought up as a sacrifice. He wasn't actually sacrificed, but he was brought up as a sacrifice. So Isaac is not going to leave the land of Israel for his entire life. He does try. In next week's Torah portion, he does try to start going down to Egypt. God stops him. He stays in the area of Elimelech. Um, he does not go down. So Isaac never leaves the land of Israel, unlike Abraham, who obviously started out of Israel, and who makes it into Egypt and comes back. So Abraham was in and out of Israel, and Jacob also will be in and out of Israel. Um, but Isaac will never leave Israel. So he says the girl has to be willing to come back. So you're going to show their family that this Isaac is massively wealthy. And here's a document that he is inheriting all my wealth. And you'll bring some stuff to give them a feeling that we are a very wealthy family. And the girl will come back with you. And Eliezer says, now if the girl doesn't. So Abraham tells Eliezer other families that, that Eliezer can go, can go to to get a wife. But... At the end of the day, the girl's going to come back. Okay. Eliezer goes, travels to Haran, and he goes to the well because the girls are going to come out at the end of the day and they're going to fill up water and he's going to start looking for the right girl. And then Eliezer does a fascinating thing. Eliezer goes ahead and makes a deal with God. He says, God, the girl that will, she'll fill up her pitcher. I will ask her for water. She will give me to drink. And then she will offer my camels to drink. That's the girl. Now, and as he's looking for kindness, right? First things first, he's looking for kindness. We'll talk about that maybe. Um, but, but, um, again, as we said, he doesn't say anything about idol worship. And he forgets to talk about family. What happened to Abraham? Abraham says one thing. Make sure the girl is from my family. Isaac makes a deal with God. The girl's got to be kind. What about family? And then, as the story continues, so let's hold this question in check. All right, let's hold on to this question. And how Eliezer even has a right to make this deal. All right, we'll see. Anyways, so Rivka comes out. Rebecca comes out. And... He goes to her, he says, oh, he doesn't know who she is, but he goes to her and says, can I have a drink? He says, yeah, here's a drink. And then he says, can I give you camels to drink? 
And Eliezer is wondering, is this the girl? And then it says he gives her the he gives her some jewelry. He and then he asks her. He said after he gives the jewelry, who are you? What family are you from? And then she says that she's uh, her father is uh, Basuel and and she goes through the family tree and oh, it's Avram's family. And then he uh, okay. And then Eliezer asks for a place. There's a place to stay overnight with the camels. He wants to meet the family, and he's coming to find a girl for his master's son Isaac. How did he do this? Right? He 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 went right away. He he went ahead, and he and he gave her the jewelry, but he didn't ask what family she's from. So you could really say the simplest answer is even even if he gave her the jewelry, but if she's not from the right family, so it's not going to happen. Right? Now it's, Eliezer himself knows it's got to be from the right family. But we said earlier that Abraham had told Eliezer that that um, God sending his angel before you, you don't really got to worry about anything. Why did Eliezer want to make sure the kindness? Because uh, even if she's from the family, she's not kind, it'll never work. Now the question is, you want to say give Eliezer to drink? Okay, but why give the camels? Very famous question. So it says that, imagine, a stranger comes over to you, you have a water bottle, and the stranger can have a drink. So you give the stranger the water bottle, and the stranger drinks it like I drink it. I ran out of the bottle. Any normal person will say, just keep the bottle, don't worry about it. I got more water bottles in my house, I got my car, don't worry. Keep it. You don't want to embarrass the person. You don't want to, you can't drink. Maybe the person is sick, germs, nowadays, who knows what. You're not going to spill it out. That's embarrassing. So what should Rebecca do? She can't tell Eliezer to keep the, the pitcher. She needs to bring that home for her family to drink. She can't spill it out on the floor because that's embarrassing. So what should she do? Oh, she says, I'll give your camels to drink. That way she can spill it out. It won't be embarrassing. The only problem is that now um, you're going to have to take a lot of trips to fill up because one pitcher is not taking care of 10 camels. So Eliezer wanted a girl that not only was kind, but had brains, had intelligence, would think when she did kindness to make sure that not only am I being kind, but I'm not hurting anybody while I'm being kind. Now, um, I saw another answer to this question. And uh, it's interesting. I guess we have to think about exactly how this answer works, but uh, this is what the Zarashimshin says. He says, we have a concept that when it comes to righteous people, their animals are also righteous. Well, animals are not righteous. What does that mean? So we had a last week's Torah portion that when Abraham is making a treaty with Avimelech, so he leaves seven sheep off to the side. So Avimelech says, what's the deal with these sheep? So Abraham says, these sheep are the test. Meaning, I'm busy telling you that your servants are stealing my wells. Right? Water was a big deal in those days. Water is a big deal nowadays. But uh, you would dig a well, you would, you would find a, a, a spring, and that would be water for your family and water for your animals, and and people would come and chase you away because they wanted the water, right? There were always wars over water. 
even lately, one of the wars in Israel was uh, over water. Right? Water is a big deal. So uh, Abraham told Avimelech, if you want to know if the well that your servants are using is stolen, have my sheep go to drink from it. If they drink from it, it's not stolen. If they won't drink from it, it is stolen. So there's something to be said. I don't know how they do this, but the righteous, super righteous, their animals will not sin with food. They won't take stolen food. They won't take food that wasn't tithed properly. So yeah, the same thing. Eliezer wants the camels to drink because it's testing Rebecca or whoever the girl is. If there's something wrong with the water, meaning if she's stealing the water or there's something wrong how she's taking the water, any of those things, the animals won't drink it. So that's the barometer. In other words, Eliezer is going to use the animals as a barometer to see if she's doing something else wrong to say this is the wrong person. In other words, the way Zarashimshin says that if there's something wrong with a girl that will lead to disaster, if there's something that will lead to disaster, so uh, the camels won't, uh, won't drink the water, and that will be the sign to Eliezer that this girl is the wrong girl. The camels drink the water. Eliezer says, I can give her the jewelry, I can give her the rings. So Rebecca tells Eliezer that uh, who her family is, there's a place to stay. Eliezer comes. Her brother Lavan clears out a place and says, stay. And uh, Eliezer feeds his animals first. It is interesting. A boy in class asked me this week. Um, we see from here, Eliezer says, I have to feed my animals first because I can't eat until my animals eat. Now, that's a law by farmers that the farmer does not eat till he feeds his animals. Now, obviously, if he has a humongous farm. So he has servants, workers that will tend to the animals, but he must make sure that the animals are being tended to first to be fed before he eats. So a boy says to me, but Eliezer drank before the camels. How can Eliezer drink before the camels? So he said, that's a great question. And the question is the answer. In other words, we see from here that that rule that you have to feed your animals before you yourself eat is only in, in respect to food. It is not in respect to drinks. To drink, you could drink before your animals drink. To eat, you don't sit down to eat supper or breakfast, because I guess by animals they usually eat in the morning. You have to wait until the animals um, eat or are fed. They don't have to finish eating. But once your animals are being fed, now you could eat. But for drinks, you could drink and then give your animals to drink afterwards. Okay. So he meets the family, and they say to Eliezer, let's sit down, let's eat, let's talk. And Eliezer says, I can't sit down to eat till we talk. And he says, I am the servant of Abraham. And the family was like, whoa, what is going on over here? Because he looks so holy. And they were convinced that they were actually talking to Abraham. They thought, look, it's been a long time. They haven't seen their cousin forever. So they figure this is probably Abraham coming to get a, son, a wife for his son. When the servant says, I am the servant of Abraham, they say, whoa. If this is what the servant looks like, 
if this is how the servant acts, just imagine how holy the master is. I mean, you would hope that that should be a pretty good uh, comparison. So, um, so I have a story here, and I have no idea. Oh, well, I'm not sure what this story has to do with what we're talking about, but it is such a great story um, that we're going to share it, and maybe we'll figure out exactly what it has to do um, with Abraham and Isaac and Rebecca and the slave and the camels. Let's, uh, let's work our way through the story, see if we can figure it out. So the story is told, as we have her name. Her name was Joanne Jackson Yelenik. So she took her son to Israel after she had been, uh, she had met uh, many refuseniks. The story is obviously um, a good 40 years old. Um, after she'd met uh, refuseniks in Russia and she had this grant, uh, she was coming from Georgetown. She taught in the Georgetown Day School, but it doesn't sound like it was a religious school. And it, with this grant that she's taking her son with her, She's touring all over the land of Israel. The end of the trip, she says, you know, we've seen so much in Israel. You know what else we need to see? Another tourist site. We need to spend Shabbos with a religious family. So she makes some phone calls and somebody says, yeah, there's this Goldman family I know in Bayit Vagan. Bayit Vagan is a neighborhood in Jerusalem. And she spends Shabbos with them. And it's extremely uplifting. It's just, it's beautiful. She is just, it, just the, the, the whole aura, the whole feeling of what Shabbos is all about, she is just taken with it. And they go out on the porch, and she says, I just felt my Jewish history calling to me. So she wanted more. So the family said, call Rabbi Wasserman. Rabbi Wasserman was a big rabbi, he spoke to her, and Rabbi Wasserman says, you know, call Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg. He was the head of the H.R. Torah school. And uh, they start talking, and he said, come down, maybe on Monday, come down, we'll talk. And this joint goes down to talk, and he says to her a very important phrase, which even if I don't finish the story, the phrase is worth remembering. He says, remember, you're on a journey, and you're going to have questions on your journey. And you're going to have doubts. Whenever those questions come up, recognize those questions for what they are. They're questions you have on your journey. But since you're on a journey, you don't stop the journey just because you have a couple questions. You put the questions off to the side. You deal with the questions. And you move on. And she did. She was becoming religious, and and as her journey kept going, so two years later, so she's in Brooklyn. Or I'm sorry, she's not in Brooklyn, but she for Sabbath, she was going to be in Brooklyn to be with family. It's already Friday. She's getting ready to drive up to Brooklyn for Shabbos. The family calls, you know, we'd love to have you around, but um, we have no place to put you. And the family that was supposed to put you up, last minute the plans uh, fell through. We want you to come for Shabbos. But we don't have a place for you. So if you could find a place to stay for Shabbos, it would be amazing. Okay. So she, could, she says to her son, we got to find a place to stay. But who do we know in Brooklyn? 
So she calls the operator, and she says, um, in those days you could call the, call the operator to find out somebody's phone number. I mean, it could be you could do it nowadays also. I have no idea if anybody calls an operator nowadays to find a place to stay or to find a phone number. So she says, I need a yeshiva in Brooklyn. I need a Jewish Torah school in Brooklyn. So the operator says, which one? So Joanne says, look, there's got to be hundreds of yeshivas in Brooklyn. Just give me one of them. Oh, yeshiva of Brooklyn? Okay, no problem. Here's the phone number for Yeshiva of Brooklyn, because there happens to be a school named Yeshiva of Brooklyn. Um, she calls through. I mean, it's already the afternoon. Somebody picks up the phone, and she says, she tells the story, you know, I'm coming up for Shabbos. I need a place to stay. So the guy says, give me a second. And he goes, talks to his wife. His wife says, no problem. You'll stay by us. Here's the address. Okay, she drives up. She doesn't even know the name of the person she's going to. She just knows that she is going to this address. She gets to the street, parks down the block, starts walking, and again, she doesn't know where she's going, what's happening, and then she sees a window filled with children waiting for her to come as a guest. And... She goes over Shabbos, becomes very close to the family. But that's just part of the amazing DNA. As we talked probably more in the last show, but a little bit in this show, we talked as we started the show, the amazing kindness that is in our, in our DNA. And part of that kindness means that somebody from the blue calls a school. The rabbi in the school happens to pick up the phone because it's late nobody's around. You asked to stay for Shabbos, and the family couldn't be more excited than to see you. Well, here comes the music. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Of course, thank you all, one of the sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you on the production team. We have Alan in the back. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi T. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we can build every